Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast, a product of Nebraska Extension Digital Agriculture. I'm Jackson Stansel. And I'm Samantha Teton. And we come to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews and panels with experts, producers, and innovators from all sectors of digital technology, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Welcome back for the final episode in our connectivity series here on the Farm Bits podcast. We have now heard from several leaders in the agricultural community about the importance of developing rural connectivity, how public and private partnerships will be necessary for driving progress in rural connectivity, and how the development of technology is important to solving rural connectivity challenges. In this episode, we will learn about how Realm 5, an agricultural technology company based here in Lincoln, Nebraska, is developing and deploying tech that enables connected farming. Our guest is Austin Binish, a key account executive at Realm 5. Austin is originally from Valparaiso, Nebraska, and grew up on a diversified ag operation. Since graduating from the University of Nebraska in 2005, he has worked as an agronomist in Nebraska in various other roles with companies in the Corn Belt and in the Southeast U.S. As you will hear from Austin, Realm 5 offers a platform that emphasizes providing pertinent and actionable data to clients through data gateways, empowering data transfer from connected devices all around a farm. Their approach is unique, multifaceted, and designed to break down data silos that we so often hear about in digital agriculture. There's lots to learn, so let's get into our interview with Austin. We know that, that, that agriculturalists and, and the ag industry in general, we're usually, or we have been, you know, leading edge of technology for generations, um, hundreds of years. Um, really in, in, in modern, modern agriculture since the industrial revolution, we've seen what we believe is kind of five big buckets of innovation, um, you know, starting kind of around the turn of the 20th century um, with mechanization um, and, and just, you know, the, the, just the onslaught of machinery that came in, right? And then we moved into hybridization and GMOs and the genetic end of things um, from a cropping system perspective, you know, really in kind of the, the late 90s and early 2000s, we moved into that precision space that we're familiar with. And, um, you know, we think about ag technology, it kind of gets lumped into precision agriculture and they're, they're really two different things. Um, so the fifth realm or the fifth disruption, um, you know, is a, is a data and automation space. Um, and the idea is, you know, we haven't moved out of any one of these particular disruptions. You know, we're still innovating machinery. We're still innovating genetics. And, you know, we're fi still finding better ways to grow corn or to grow animals or, or whatever the case might be. Um, but they, there, there is a maturation line there, right? So they, these, these, uh, these kind of epochs or these, these uh, disruptions, they do mature and they kind of flatline a little bit. Well, what are we doing with all this information and, and, and data that we've generated in, in these previous spaces? That's going to be the next phase or it is the next phase. And we're fairly well on our way, I think, with, you know, determining, um, you know, what technologies provide uh, the best look or the best access to, um, to this information, you know, one of the things that we don't always realize in agriculture, particularly on the production side, because we're so close to it, um, but as, a, as an industry, we don't, we don't realize the vast amount of data and information that we're capable of generating, and we do generate it. We don't always capture it. Uh, outside investors are seeing that, you know, and so we see more pressure from, um, you know, coastal investors and, and, and folks from California or New York or Florida or wherever they happen to be coming from foreign countries, you know, coming in and taking a look at agriculture, and they hadn't before. Uh, particularly in the software and the technology space. So, um, you know, we're, we're very proud of the fact that we are um, 
kind of a bunch of farm kids. I mean, most <laughs> most of the folks that work for Realm Five, um, they were born, grew up in in the ag industry. Um, you know, parents were farmers. They themselves have been farmers or investors in um, in this space for a long time. Engineers and, and software designers included. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's a that's an important aspect is, is making sure that we understand not just um, not just the business end of agriculture. But maybe the cultural end of agriculture as well, and what the value is here, um, you know, in the middle part of the country, as well as maybe areas of of high productivity um, in other crops. You know, you've talked about this this fifth realm, this new disruption that's going on in agriculture. How exactly is Realm Five participating in that disruption? What what are some of your product offerings that are kind of taking us into that fifth realm here in agriculture? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. You know, it's. Um, when we say, you know, there, there's different levels of participation in all this stuff, right? Are you creating? Are you selling? Are you just trying to market? Is it transactional? Is it relationship? But we, as an industry, we look at all of these different modes of involvement. You know, really, Realm 5, we would consider ourselves innovators first and foremost, um, probably sales oriented last, um, you know, depending on whatever the scale is. Obviously, we do sell things. Um, but, you know, we're not an equipment company. We're not a sensor company. We're not a um, we're, we're not a physical, we sell these things, they're, they're, they're part of our, our product offering, I guess, features offering, um, but these are necessary things to get us to where we are, which to get us to where we're going, which is the innovation, the, you know, truly the data aggregate portion of things. Um, we have to have um, collection devices or we have to have these things that are out in the field. And so um, you ask, how are we participating in this? You know, we're creating new ways of collecting this information. Um, we're creating new ways of viewing and, and, and distributing this information. You know, something that we talk about here is pertinent and actionable information. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, right? There's, um, we think about the, the whether if we walk into a cornfield, I mean, we're at 32,000 corn plants per acre, 36,000 corn plants per acre. There's a lot of biology going on, right? That's 30 some thousand factories per acre that are basically producing, um, you know, producing something. Um, and they're consuming goods and they're just, they're, they're working this biological process. We can track as an industry, as science, we can track almost all of that. How much of it is pertinent? How much of it is something that a farmer can base their actions on? Um, that's the question we have to ask. And, you know, we can only move so much information through a space at any given time that we can actually do something with. Um, and so we want to provide as we want to provide, if we're talking about um, agronomy and irrigation, um, we want to be able to provide um, you know, aspects of soil moisture management and temperature. We want to be able to provide aspects of, you know, maybe what's going on in the leaf canopy and, and, and the different, the different elements of maybe, um, you know, atmospheric conditions. Um, we want to, because those are things that farmers can take advantage of in the moment and, and make some money on them and, and increase efficiency. If we're in livestock scenarios, um, we just recently launched our barn view um, specifically with, with swine finishers. Um, we can track every biological aspect of a hog. I mean, you, you can do it. Um, it's the, the technology's there. It's very expensive. It's very difficult to move that much data, particularly um, in limited connectivity areas. Um, so what do farmers need? What do producers need um, out of their hogs information wise to make them more efficient? They need to know about feed. They need to know about water and they need to know about air and then they can manage those conditions appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, they can do it theoretically with less people in less time, but if nothing else, they can at least do it um, with full knowledge of what has to be done and not having to guess. That's really interesting. We've had, you know, the episode that is being released on February 11th, um, that like only 11% of the data that we're generating is actually being used. And, you know, you guys are trying to tap into that. And that's awesome to hear about. So um, 
Can you kind of just describe maybe some examples of some of the things you're connecting or are you taking older products maybe that producers already have and connecting those so that way you're saving them uh, some money of buying something new. So can you kind of talk a little bit more specifically about what you're connecting? Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I should go back. I mean, uh, you know, the when we talk about products, you know, really what we look at the the products that we sell, we think of these physical products or these um these specific aspects of our, of our platform, those are features, um, quite, quite frankly. I mean, if we talk about features and benefits in the sales and marketing world, those are features. They provide a benefit. The product that we're, um, that we're talking about really is the connectivity. It's the, it's the Realm 5 platform. And so, um, you know, specifically, you know, what are we, what are we connecting? There are, you know, we can talk about soil moisture probes, um, you know, specifically. There are a lot of them. <laughs> um, we, we, we try to remain, uh, you know, very agnostic. We're not tied to any single platform. We have API partners in the, in the space where we are connecting things, you know, into their platform, um, you know, for, for use, but, um, you know, there are, you know, there are multiple, you know, there are three kind of primary brands, actually four primary brands of, of soil moisture probes that we're connecting right now. Um, but there, there are many more of them. I mean, it's just a matter of making sure that the connection is correct or the, the wiring is correct for, for lack of a better term. Um, but, you know, whether it's a watermark or a Centec drill and drop or, a, um, you know, an AquaCheck uh, soil moisture probe, um, we actually have a, a really cool innovation uh, we put together here about a year and a half ago, I believe, um, in response to John Deere um, Field Connect, um, you know, not they were they were going to not support that line anymore from a software perspective. And there's a number of these stations that are out there in fields that, that growers had spent a fair bit of money on, and they didn't want to just replace them wholesale, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we were able to build in a basically build out a, a drop-in network um, where we can replace their electronics, plug ours in, um, and reutilize that equipment either on our platform, R5 Click, or uh, we API with John Deere Operations Center. And so we can push that information directly into JD Ops. The grower really doesn't know any different about how it's getting there. They just know that they can continue to get the information that they need um, in the same way that they were getting it before. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're really offering is, is basically the plumbing that is able to get, you know, whatever's coming out of these devices in the field to wherever it needs to go for farmers to make, make the most action on it. Plumbing and, and I would say unified access. Okay. Um, and so one of the other issues that we've identified, and I, we're not unique in this, everybody's identified this, that, um, you know, this sort of proprietary lockout thing that we have going on right now in the industry, right? Where um, we have a great, I, somebody says, I have a great platform, but nobody else can use it. Right, or you can you can't use anybody else's stuff with that. That this doesn't work. It, most farmers farmers don't want to open up fifteen apps in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, nobody. I've never. I've been doing this for 16, 17 years. I've been in it my whole life. In the last ten or twelve years since we've had smartphones in everyone's pocket and hand, I've never heard a farmer once say, "I just wish I had one more app." <laughs> Can I get one more app on my phone, please? I want one more thing to manage. Now, we want to make that easy, right? So we want to put as much of this information into as few of apps, as few uh, platforms as possible. We could get it down to one. That'd be, that's the holy grail, right? That's, yeah. the, uh, that, that's the thing that we all want is this sort of unified platform where everybody works together and um, everybody's profitable. We would love to see that. Um, you know, I think I think we can get there as an industry um, because we are seeing receptiveness. You know, from from other partners around where, um, you know, other OEMs or or, or, or data um, providers they understand that as well. Is that, you know, when we make a process so complex that it's difficult to adopt, then adoption doesn't happen. And in order for, um, you know, growers, producers to to and retailers and distributors alike 
in order for them to, to realize the efficiency gains of technology and, and, and data connectivity, we have to adopt the technology and we're only going to adopt it if it's simple to use. If it makes our days longer and adds hours to our weeks, um, let's just go back to doing it on paper. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to do that, exactly. but unfortunately there's, there's a lot of co-ops. There's a lot of farmers out there. There's a lot of, you know, livestock producers that honestly, they're keeping track of inventory on a whiteboard in a shed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's in a notebook someplace or it's in a, um, in a spreadsheet that's, you know, generically marked on their computer and come tax time, um, come inventory time, whatever it is, um, it, it, it makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of your, I guess, generally your product offering is really reliant on connectivity. And it sounds like it's either local connectivity or remote connectivity. So how exactly, and you kind of referenced this earlier, how exactly has rural connectivity and the lack thereof really influenced how y'all have pushed out this, these product offerings? I think it's forced some innovation. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, we would love, I, don't get me wrong, we would love to see broadband everywhere, like universally. Is, I mean, I live in Lincoln. Um, <laughs> it, it's great, right? I mean, this is, this is the best internet connection I've ever had, to be quite honest. I've lived in, in kind of all over the country. Um, but we don't have fiber optic in every rural township across America. It's just, it's not a thing that really exists yet. Um, you know, 5G is not quite there. So the lack of connectivity in these remote areas, like you don't see, I mean, most of the corn's grown where there isn't connectivity. Most of the hogs are grown where there's not connectivity. Um, so we've had to, to work around that. Our systems are um, primarily gateway-based systems. Um, so what we do is we, we're able to 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 basically use LoRaWAN radio to send um, data from field sensor, field level sensors, barn level sensors, um, to a gateway, and then send that via um, via cellular uh, data to the cloud. And that's how we access it. It's about as simple as it can be. Um, it's not a simple process. We try to make it as simple as it can be. But uh, you know, there's still there's still limitations in that. You know, range is one of the limitations, and we're working on um, innovations all the time to extend our range. Um, you know, we have a scenario in Western Nebraska where, uh, you know, we can connect, I don't remember what the number is exactly. I want to say it's like 62,000 acres uh, within our, no, it's a lot um, yeah. under our network. Um, now, is that, that's, that's not something that's standard. That's not something that we sell. Look, the connectivity on most gateways, um, you know, it is limited. Now we have systems we call, we have a system we call Fetch. Um, we're able to greatly increase the distance. And we'll be launching that a little bit later this year. Um, and commercially, um, you know, elevation, we're learning more and more about how elevation and topography affect these scenarios. Um, and so the nice thing is that with our uh, kind of realm five view, if we want to call it that, um, a, a grower, a producer, a retailer, um, you know, a, an ag service supplier, they can sort of build their own networks. Um, they're not relying on somebody else. Uh, we're full stack connectivity. Um, and to us, full stack means it's everything from the ground all the way to the cloud, right? Um, including the development. Um, our guys are in, our, our engineers, our, our guys and gals, they're in-house. Um, we don't have customer support that isn't connected to us. We don't contract that stuff out. Um, and so when something goes wrong, we don't have a finger to point. We understand coming from where we come from. We understand the challenges that producers face in rural wherever. Um, you know, the last thing that you want is to feel helpless because the information and the data that you paid to get isn't coming in. Um, an example of that, you know, all of our devices, all of our field level equipment um, has onboard recording. We call it true sync technology. Um, 
because of the the the, the frequency waves, because of the way that we've engineered our uh, uh, our systems, um, we have a redundancy built into where everything's recorded on board. That memory is not wiped until it actually makes connection with the cloud. Um, and so, if something happens, a gateway goes down. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, whatever a, a battery goes dead, somebody like me is out there mowing a, a ditch and knocks it over, <laughs> yeah. um, or whatever the case is, or runs it over with a combine or something. Um, there's still sensors out there that are collecting information and data. Um, that's your data. If you're a farmer, if you're a hog producer, if you're a dairy person, um, that's still your that's still your data. Um, you don't want to lose it. You've paid for it. So when that gateway is reestablished and connected, we can backfill that information and data so we don't lose the aggregate. Um, the alerts may not be there, but the reality is um, in that short period of time, that can, that can be very, uh, very costly um, over the long haul for folks that don't have that kind of coverage. You know, the crazy thing, and it's, it's such a personal thing for me, because like I said, I, look, I've got great fiber optic internet. It's, I can't complain. I can stream anything I want. My parents live 23 miles away from me in Valparaiso. They live on the highest hill in our township, man. <laughs> like they live on like the highest elevation in Oak Creek Township in Saunders County, Nebraska. Um, man, they can't get internet for anything. Like it is awful. Like they just cannot get even good cell phone connection. It's just a gap. Um, it happens. It's, you know, it's nobody's fault necessarily. Um, but it is a thing that, that more, uh, more, more rural folks um, deal with than, than maybe should. And it's, and it's unfortunate because it is slowing down adoption rates of technology. Mm -hmm. From the Absolutely. numbers we saw, it's more than 50% of people don't have reliable internet from their farm shop. And so that's yeah. just, you know, how do you deal with that? And maybe you can hit on that a little bit. How, how do you get things to the cloud if you can't get reliable internet anywhere on the farm? So yeah, it, it, it is difficult. And so if you're dependent, particularly if you're dependent on a Wi-Fi system or something that is a uh, maybe a higher bandwidth kind of a, a scenario, it's it's very difficult. I just talked to some some swine producers actually in, in the Eastern Corn Belt, and they're in that spot exactly where they've tried several, you know, different systems to get information out. The way that we've engineered things, um, we it doesn't take many bars on a phone to get information into the cloud from our system, right? So uh, we have a very efficient transfer, um, data transfer method. Um, that's very, very helpful um, because it's, you know, I, one bar on my cell phone, um, I'm able to transmit a, a great amount of data very, very reliably. Um, and so, you know, how do you do it? I don't know. I think you got to find the highest spot and hope that you can reach a tower. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're, if, if you're going about that uh, with ours, you know, we have some flexibility in our system. And so and we've built that in because we have an understanding of, you know, what, uh, what these spaces look like and, and really what we're dealing with. Yeah. And so I guess with your with your gateways, what, what are we talking about in terms of the amount of data throughput that you might have through one of those? I mean, is, is yeah. it really high or are you kind of able to condense that data down to limit how much actually needs to get to the cloud to only that pertinent information like you talked about earlier? Yes, um, we, 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 we are and we do. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a it's a question of, you know, do we so an example would be, you know, do we need to receive every bit of information, every moment that it goes, no, probably not. Um, we need to find a balance. So we need to be able to push alerts, right? So if you're in a, uh, a livestock situation and something goes wrong, um, you wanna know, right? Mm -hmm. Feeds out, yeah. water's out, uh, fans are off, whatever. Um, but if everything's running right, you don't need to know that every minute. And so, you know, we can space out data packet dumps um, to maintain battery life and to sort of, you know, uh, mitigate the amount of data that needs to move at any given time, um, but also, you know, what, what, what information do we really need? Um, what, what, are, what are producers asking for? What are growers looking for? Uh, that's part of it. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the other thing is just, just engineering a, um, a system that is 
just more efficient in its construction. Um, we talk about the data throughput, how much can we move through? You know, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm not technical enough to say it's this much or that much, but what I can tell you is, um, you know, we're comfortable moving up to 50 devices through a single gateway. Um, and so that's a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. if you put yep. that into perspective of a cropping scenario, um, I, you know, I don't know on, you know, on a couple, three, four pivots of, 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 uh, of cropping ground or, you know, corn or soybeans, I don't know if you can get to 50 devices. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know anybody would want to, you know, and so we, we have a, a larger capacity than we'll probably ever need um, in a livestock scenario. Maybe we could get close, but I don't see a need to do that either because the way that we're structuring our systems, um, it, we're, we're really trying to narrow that funnel a little bit and make sure that we're providing pertinent, actionable information, not every single detail of every single animal or every single plant that's happening. And that really comes back to you. The biggest thing is kind of coming back to who's using this information. Um, more times than not, it's a producer, right? It's a it's a corn grower, or it's a or it's an ag retailer, or it's a, a livestock producer. Um, that's somebody who's in an advising role. Those are the folks who are using it. They want it simple to use. They don't want to have to sort through um, just you know page after page after page after page of stuff uh, mm -hmm. to try to figure out how to plug it all in. Um, they want insights. Right. They want they want something that they can they can take a look at and say this is the problem at hand or you know this is an opportunity um, to provide greater value or greater efficiency. Um, you know an example of that is you know just understanding, hey you know if if we've got if we have good soil moisture if we have good subsoil moisture um, things are things are happening the right way we have an opportunity to get an extra 12, 15 percent um, yield out of a particular cornfield. You know let's let's go out there let's give it another shot of nitrogen let's give it another um, a shot of fun, you know fungicide to get it into the fall whatever it might be. Those are the types of decisions folks are making with our, with mm. our platforms. Yep. Yeah. The decision-making, you know, capabilities is really important and what really brings the value to the data. Um, are there any other challenges maybe seasonally, like thinking right now in this really cold stretch that we're having, um, or if well, there's something in the middle of the growing season that you'd get interference, maybe saturated soils with some of your sensors or anything with livestock, is there anything seasonally that causes some interesting challenges? You mentioned, you know, sensors and, and, and soil moisture and, and maybe compaction rates or something and uh, being able to move to the soil. Um, you know, we actually have a we have a long term um, product we call Furrow um, and Furrow is a it's a five year battery life. It's a potted device um, it attaches to soil moisture probe. We can bury it in the ground for five years and it transmits to a gateway. Wow. Um, which is great, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrific. And it's, and it's great at different times of the year, right? So, um, you know, early season uh, soil temperatures and moistures, like that's really important information mm -hmm. for folks. Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody's going to go out there in February and drop a soil moisture probe to figure this out or a temperature probe. Like, I don't know, it's February 11th right now, and I'm sure not going to go out there in 12 degree weather. Um, so, but if, but if, but if the probe is there, when we warm up in March, we know, um, we know a lot of things. Right? It can give us a lot mm -hmm. of information. Mm -hmm. um, well, the question is how, you know, how well does that signal penetrate under the ground in different soil situations? And it's, it, it is, it, it varies between, you know, very coarse soils and very fine soils and, and compacted soils, but um, we've not had a problem with anything that we have deployed currently. Um, and we've been under some, well, I know, you know, we're in some heavy, highly compacted ground under massive power lines and a pretty good distance away from a gateway in Indiana right now with the deployment that I, I put out last year. Um, quite frankly, we've, we've not missed a beat with it. Um, and so I, I wish I could say this is the gap because that's always what I want to do is identify where those are. I haven't found any that are seasonal or that are conditional. Um, you know, I would say, generally speaking, 
you know, don't try to reach further than you're comfortable reaching with the signal or, um, you know, don't, don't try to handicap, you know, equipment, um, you know, just to, to kind of see, I mean, that's, that's our job. Um, you know, we do that. Um, mm. but no, we, we just, we haven't experienced any seasonal gaps to this point. Sure. Yeah. So I work with pivot telemetry quite a bit as you know, and kind of my research operations, um, and it's interesting because, you know, folks like AgSense and some of these other pivot telemetry providers, I guess, have recently gone to more like cellular uh, connection to their, their pivot in towers. And I guess a lot of that was driven by, you know, if you have these big hills uh, that your pivots are moving over the top of and you have, you know, rapidly growing corn that, you know, it's tall, it's, it's really hard to get a radio signal from, you know, the end tower on a pivot to the center location. And so have y'all found any, any issues with like elevation? I know you mentioned Hills earlier. Is, is that something you've, that's come up at all? You know, I mean, it, it is, I mean, you want to be line of sight. You want to be um, as elevated as you can when possible. Um, we're pretty conservative with our deployment though. And so when, you know, the, the, the training, the advice that we give to our distributors and when we do something internally and, and, and on our own, uh, we're generally pretty conservative on that. We want the customer experience to be positive um, and we want to make sure that we're setting them up for success. And so, um, yeah, there, you know, there definitely is some changes in signal strength as the season moves along, um, but we haven't put ourselves in a situation where we have been negatively impacted. Sure. Um, you know, we, we're familiar enough with it where, you know, we understand that there's a big difference between V5 and V12 corn. Um, there's a, there's a, yeah. there's a substantial yeah. biomass difference. Um, you know, our, um, you know, some of our engineers and whatnot, they grew up farming in Northeast Nebraska. Um, and so they understand what those big rolling hills look like. And, um, yeah. you know, we've got, we've got folks from different parts of the, the country who understand what these sort of, you know, very vast um, areas of like Mississippi Delta look like yeah. as well. Right. So you can stretch out from Oscar Southern Illinois uh, uh-huh. where you can just, you just can't even see the horizon. It's so far away. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we do understand there and there are, um, there, these are the variables that, that we want to work with, you know, providers of our technology to make sure the customer has a good experience, that they're accessing the information that they're, um, that they're intending to, to, to accrue. It's, that's the important part. Again, it goes back to, you know, if, if it's not easy for the producer, they're not going to adopt the technology. If it's not accessible for the producer, they're not going to adopt the technology. Um, the value has to be there. Yeah. And I, th- I think when you kind of bring up the conservativeness and deployment, I think that's a really good way to put it. And so when, when you think about your deployments that you have out there right now, what are we talking about in terms of devices that are typically connected to a single gateway? Are there multiple gateways on a farm? What does that look like for a producer who may be thinking about installing one of these networks out there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not unusual to have, you know, uh, probably a standard number is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, of five to eight. Um, you know, between it. So, you know, one of the things that we do, if it's, if it's going to be a fairly heavy load, one of the things that, that, that maybe we suggest in a cropping situation or possibly an ag retail situation, someone who's maybe a distributor of, of, of commodity goods and, and wants to do some, some work there um, where they're going to have a lot more devices. Uh, you know, we'll, one of our, one of our products, one of our features is a, um, it's a, weather station that acts also as a gateway, right? So you kind of, you, you sort of combine some of these things. And so, you know, it's rainfall, barometric pressure, wind speed, direction, um, temperature, all that stuff, humidity. Um, but it also functions as a gateway. And so all those other end devices, and we refer to them as end devices, um, mm-hmm. that will all feed into um, this gateway and send. So, you know, you can have, a, for sure, you can have a few soil moisture probes on that. We have a um, a state monitor vibration sensor um, product called Flip, um, which is kind of a really cool thing. It's about a five-second install. Um, it's magnetic. Nice. Um, you 
literally slap it onto whatever it is that you want to, you know, gauge on, off, or a vibration uh, frequency on. Um, you pull the tab, and it automatically connects to a gateway. Um, like even I can install it, and I'm not really right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we you know we can we can provide you know uh, numerous devices. Um, you know, somebody's getting into a contiguous quarter, contiguous circle um, farming si situation. I mean, you could theoretically see between you know uh, pivot tower monitors. Um, uh, you know, flips, um, soil moisture probes, weather stations, you could easily see a dozen or more devices connected. Um, if you're in a livestock scenario, like with Barnview, um, I've got two, I, I know I just, a few weeks ago here, I just installed, um, you know, two quad um, finisher barns. Um, each room um, has multiple devices and they're all, and that, both of those barns in that site are running through a single gateway. And so, you know, between flow meters, temperature, humidity, and mm. feed outage, um, you know, we're running, um, what is that? I don't even know. It's uh, 14, 15 devices, mm -hmm. uh, something mm. like that. That's really now, I, would, I would say that would be fair. That'd be fairly standard in a livestock scenario. Now, if we're talking about something like float, which is uh, another you know, grouping of our products, which is really what it is kind of in the effluence or, or manure management um, space, but really mm -hmm. it's, it's pond level monitoring or lagoon level monitoring. And we digitally monitor, um, you know, that via RTK signal. And so we're able to gauge elevation and we can get sub inch on that. Um, and so we, you know, eliminate some of the redundancy and paperwork and different things in that, in that environmental and sustainability yeah. space. Um, you know, but, you know, typically there we're going to have one to four devices hooked up through a base gateway. Um, but we can also hook up, you know, dozens more. Um, and a dairy facility is a great example where we may have, um, you know, temperature and humidity on a compost pile, or we may have fans running, or we may have, um, gosh, you know, we only, who knows what it is, weather, everything else. Uh, we could easily have two dozen or, or so devices hooked up um, that would that would be within range of a, of a gateway. And the nice thing is all that information comes to a singular platform, right? And so yeah. you know, you've got your effluence management, you've got your sort of operational stuff, and then you've got um, you know all the weather and, and atmospheric information all coming into a space where the producer can see it. That's really nice. That was going to be my question. I was going to say, so oh. if you have like the crop, you know, the crop sensors and you have the manure sensors and you have the livestock sensors, it's all going to one app? Yep. Okay. Yep, it can. And so, you know, one of the things we talk about, you know, sort of our um, our, our tagline is simple, um, simple, reliable, and scalable. Um, so we want to create these, these, these systems that are very, they're simple to use, they're simple to install, they're simple to maintain. Um, you know, we want full season battery life on things. We don't want anything that's hardwired in and when we can avoid it. And so none of our, none of our devices, none of our equipment, um, very few of them, I think there's only one product that actually does hardwire and that's a pivot tower monitor. Um, mm -hmm. But everything is either solar or it's run off of a battery pack or AA batteries. Mm -hmm. um, and we've tweaked it so we can generally get a season out of AA batteries um, mm -hmm. and then about five years out of our battery packs and then the solar is solar, right? Mm -hmm. um, all of our devices have device health monitors on them. And so we know when something is running low on battery, we know when the connectivity strength is low or, or not well, and we need to fix something, whatever it might be. So we can give an alert or a warning to a producer or a service provider um, to say, hey, go switch batteries out um, or make sure this connection is there. So we don't lose that space or that, that, that information. Um, you know, the reliability is obvious, right? So we're we want to be reliable. If we're not reliable, what's the point, right? Nobody's <laughs> going to spend money on a system that isn't reliable. Um, so that, that's a pretty obvious one. But the scalability, um, I like to talk about a little bit. That's kind of to your point, Samantha, where you know we want to we want a system that's not only scalable, like we could add on depth 
in any given vertical in agriculture. So um, I put a weather station gateway, weather front gateway um, out in a, in a cornfield. Okay, well, I want to be able to scale that and put a soil moisture probe on it. Uh, maybe I want to monitor my pivot. Maybe I want to monitor, um, you know, whether my well is on or off and on and on and on. But we also want to be able to scale out, right? So we want to be able to connect that agronomy information with maybe um, some of our operational data and information. Are our bin fans running? Um, you know, is our, is, our, is our dryer running when it's supposed to be running? And I don't want to have to drive to a bin site to check this out um, and get out of the combine and go do that or send somebody over there. I want to be able to look at my phone to do that. Um, maybe I've got livestock as well. So how do I, can, can I look at that livestock? Yes, we can look at that all on the same app and we can say, yes, my finisher barns um, are, you know, everything's good there. The feed's not out, the water's running, um, the temperature is appropriate. Um, you know, we can, we, can, we can verify, you know, inventory levels if you're in the ag retail space and we can tie all these things together. It's a single app, um, for lack of a better term. I hate the word app, but if, for lack of a better term, <laughs> that's what it is. But it's a, it's, a, it's a unified platform that we're able to pull this stuff into, not only within that vertical space, but across verticals as well. Hmm. So, so once you have all that data and that data is available to a farmer, is, is what you're providing basically just that data and saying, okay, farmers, like this, this is your decision to make or, you know, inventory management, this, you know, this is your decision to make, or are you actually kind of looking into building out analytics on top of that data and starting to provide some, some decision recommendations or suggestions as well? Yeah. I mean, right now uh, we're not doing a lot of analytics because, you know, each, each system is pretty subjective. And so trying to make a, a standardized analytical statement across, you know, whatever it happens to be um, is difficult. But what we do allow for is, you know, to be able to set alerts and thresholds um, in various aspects for some of the immediacy. Um, and then to be able to kind of keep an aggregate and a, and a, a sort of a catalog of this information and data mm-hmm. um, to be able to draw trend lines. And so we're building that out internally. Um, I would say most of our customers are probably doing that because we're generally a B2B business. Okay, and so we're working with advisors, we're working with retailers and distributors um, of our products, but generally all you know, other products as well, right? So co-ops or um, equipment manufacturers, risking equipment implements, um, you know, livestock advisors, folks like that. Um, mm-hmm. They they may already have a system that we can plug into, and so we try to make our API as accessible as possible, um, and and we do a fair bit of that as well. To where look, our our R five click is awesome. Um, it's a it's a it's a really easy to use um, fast platform. Um, not everybody always wants to adopt that right away, um, and so we give them the option. And, and you know, if we have compatible information with the platform that you're currently using, you know, let's discuss how we can how we can get that in there. That's a really cool way to do it because I know there are a lot of people that, you know, are so focused on their niche. I mean, and you have to be in order to provide good analytics, you've got to be really in depth. And so I guess, you know, being able to get that data to those analytics is, is a really important thing for people that want to use them. You know, it, 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 it is. And every, you know, it seems like there's, there, there are a, there's always a thousand ways to cut a pie. Uh, but, but, but the way that I want my pie cut is exactly the right way for me. Um, and so you know, right. let's, let's enable producers and growers to, to be able to do that and, and advisors and, and, and retail providers um, to be able to, to slice and dice this pie the way that is best for them and their customers. So can you go ahead and like paint a picture of what like this connected farm looks like, or where do you think we're going? Um, you know, some farms probably are connected with your guys's help, but where do you want to see more farms go? 
Yeah, it's you know it's funny. I saw um, I'd seen that on the, the the question earlier, and mm -hmm. it was it was ironic because as I was reading this yesterday evening, I was actually reading it while um, our CEO Steve Tippery was conducting a seminar at World Ag Expo on this very subject. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, anybody who actually wants to look at World Ag Expo, Steve did a seminar on on uh, yesterday, actually February. I guess was 10th, um, specifically about the future of the connected farm, where we brought in some industry experts and um, industry representatives and, and had conversations with them and kind of spliced in some interview stuff. But um, yeah, you know, our perspective on it is that the, the that agriculture is going to continue to be more connected over time. Um, it seems obvious, but then when you ask somebody to explain that, they really can't draw any lines to you know, evidence or proof of or what that's yeah. going to look like. Um, we, we feel that automation is going to continually play a role and, and mm -hmm. a, a, an increasing role over time. Um, you know, and, and you know, artificial intelligence, AI is already playing a, a huge role. We talk about soil moisture probes. That's artificial intelligence. Um, we don't think of it that way because it's not a robot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, it is. Um, we talk about analytics insights and, and, and you know, those engines that's AI. Um, and so we're going to continue to have reliance on that. Um, we have to, right? We're, we're just not making more farmers, um, not, not at the rate that we need to, to, to manage the land that we have and the traditional aspect. And so um, how do we continue to produce food or, or you know, whether at a higher efficiency or a higher volume or both, um, it's probably going to come through some level of automation, not to replace jobs, um, but to simply, you know, mitigate and, and make their, their lives a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, help them, um, help farmers, help growers, help producers, help integrators um, be more efficient in their process and maybe realize fuller potential, um, you know, right along. Um, you know, how it's connected, I think it's going to be a variety of ways. I think that we're going to see broadband in places. We're going to see broadband lag in places for a long time. Um, the the, the money is just not there to invest in it. Um and so not in every, in all places. And so we're going to need to find workarounds. We're going to have to continue to innovate and we're going to need to do that, not in buckets, not in silos. Um, these verticals that I mentioned, um, you know, us working, we're working in, you know, essentially five verticals across the space and in livestock and in machines and, um, you know, in agronomy and in irrigation and inventory management, we want to knock the silos down around those verticals, right? And so we want to make sure that we're sharing information across the space, um, that we're working with partners who have growers and producers' best interests in mind, um, and that are kind of also working towards this, um, this sort of common vision of, you know, what does a better, more connected farm look like? That still includes the grower. That still includes the producer. Um, you know, I, I think automation is key, um, and, and it would be really cool. It would have been great in like the 1980s if I didn't have to go out and, you know, as a little kid, go walk and pick up rocks in a five-gallon bucket or something, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, or walk thistles or walk, you know, soybean fields or whatever the case was. Um, that, that would have been great. I think there's some, you know, essential uh, learning components in my life that, that led to that. So how do we balance culture with automation? I think we're going to mm -hmm. get there and we're going to figure that out. We're not going to take away the culture um, for the sake of science. We, I mean, it's a, it's we, a really we good take. Have, we need that uh, take, right? Now. <laughs> I, we, 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 we never have before, right? I mean, we're, right. The, the sky is always falling because, you know, somebody big came in with a new technology and now there's not going to be any farmers. Well, we're still farming. There's still farmers. We still mm -hmm. have culture. You know, we still have, you know, our, 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 you know, our key elements that make our agricultural and our agrarian community important and strong and, you know, the best in the world here in North America mm -hmm. um, in the United States. Well, we're not going to lose that. Technology is going to enhance that. 
it has it every turn. And so, you know, let's find some equitable solutions or some solutions that, that, that make sense for partnerships across the industry um, to put the grower, the producer in the driver's seat. So for somebody who is really interested in learning more about Realm 5, you know, after listening to this, to this interview, where should they go to find out a little bit more? Yeah, you know, our website's generally the best. Um, it's just realm5.com, uh, spell out five. So it's R-E-A-L-M-F-I-V-E.com. Um, and you know, we're, we're continually adding to that and updating some stuff. Barnview just came on there. That's kind of a cool one to check out. Um, we're going to have some really cool product and, and feature upgrades coming uh, forward here this spring um, that we'll be launching over the next couple of weeks. And so that'd be a good place to check it out. Um, add us on LinkedIn. Uh, we do, a, we probably see the most traffic and, and the most um, insightful um, social media interaction sure. on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, but we're also on, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and so you know, those are places they can check out as well. Awesome. Awesome. So what is one piece of advice that you would like to leave listeners with, whether they're exploring, you know, some new connected devices on their farm or maybe um, thinking about IoT for the first time? What advice do you have? Yeah, you know, I think I was thinking about this. Um, there, there's different advice that I give different people, right? So like if I talk to high school kids, it's, it's different than if I give a, you know, a, a farmer <laughs> who's 65 years old and doesn't want to have me on his farm anymore because it's cold <laughs> and it's February. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the catch-all advice here is, you know, find the thing that is valuable. Um, when it comes to adoption of technology, adoption of innovation, um, it's not about price. It's not about functionality. It's not about uh, something that's cool or not cool. It's about value. It's, it's a combination of sort of all of those things. Um, Samantha, what's valuable to you may be different, you know, than what's valuable to Jackson on your farming operations. Um, you know, and, and I think be honest with your, your service provider and your advisor about what you find value in, um, and that's gonna help speed adoption and it's gonna get you in the right place with, with innovation. Thank you very much to Austin Benish of Realm 5 for joining us here on the Farm Bits podcast. It was eye-opening to learn more about how an agricultural technology company right here in Lincoln, Nebraska is enabling connectivity on the farm. So one thing that Austin said that really stood out to me is that Realm 5 views kind of their, their lack of connectivity that's out there in rural America as a reason to spur innovation. And so they're emphasizing innovation with all the features that they have that empower their overall product offering, like all these connected devices and gateways that are out there on farms. Part of that is focusing on specifically pertinent and actionable data for their clients, which makes the platform as efficient as possible by really honing in on that data that is the most important to transfer and connect uh, on their platform. Exactly. Yeah, it was so interesting to hear about some of these current challenges, but then also how they're overcoming it with like local connectivity. And they're doing it in innovative ways. Um, they have several products and they're all working to move data faster and reliably. And that was something that Austin did a great job of hitting on, that it really only matters if it's reliable. And so they're just striving for those solutions. Yep, absolutely. Reliable, scalable. And at the end of the day, they want to be agnostic, right? To empower data mm-hmm. for a lot of different platforms. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Farm Bits podcast and for this series on connectivity and ag. Yep. And in our next episode, we will dive into best practices for on-farm research experiments, particularly using digital tools with Laura Thompson on the Nebraska On-Farm Research Network before starting our next series, which is focused on planting technologies. And we look forward to having you join us next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. 
We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We'd like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to the members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect reviews of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.